0: Nick, I feel like we're struggling to stand out on social media.
1: I don't know. I mean, I feel like we don't have really any big design savvy.
0: Yeah. And and like, we just started this thing about a year ago and it's just, we don't have a budget to hire a designer or anyone like a marketing guru or anything
1: like that. I mean, how do we attract new listeners?
0: I feel like we should try this thing called Ripple.
1: What's Ripple? I've never heard of it.
0: Ripple is designed for small businesses, helps you attract new business and engage with existing customers.
1: Mm -hmm. We don't
0: have to be great designers. We create professional ads. There's like 200 plus design templates. It automatically shares to all of our social media. You
1: mean like Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram?
0: All of it at once. It has recommendations and goal tracking tools. So like, you know, it's not going to make us hit 100,000 people next week.
1: That's amazing. How do we sign up?
0: For a seven-day free trial, visit Ripple, R-I-P-L dot com slash herd today. It's seven days free. Slash today, right? No.
1: All
0: right. It's underlined. <laughs> today is underlined. No. No, that's wrong. For your seven-day free trial of Ripple, visit ripple.com, dot com slash herd, H-E-A-R-D, right now. Coming to you from Podcast Detroit, it's Herd, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. Herd is a collaboration between The Hungry Dudes, Nick Drinks, and the Detroit Optimist Society. Each week, we interview industry professionals about issues related to food, beverage, and hospitality. Please take a moment to subscribe to Herd through the Apple Podcast app, Google Play, SoundCloud, or however you subscribe to your podcast. Write a review and let us know what you think. For additional content, including awesome videos and photos, visit HerdPodcast.com like Herd Podcast on Facebook, and follow at Herd Podcast on Instagram. We appreciate your support and hope you enjoy this week's episode of Herd. Hello, friends, and welcome to Herd, your food, beverage, and hospitality podcast. I'm Joe Hakeem. Tonight I'm joined by Nick. That's DJ Nick. DJ Nick, yeah. that little was, skipping that just happened, the uh, yeah. uh, digital skip, <laughs> the rare digital skip. we wiki, wiki. Yeah. You know, turntables. Yep. Uh, and our special guest, <laughs> the uh, owner consultant at Roots to Rise Detroit, and the co-founder and president of Detroit Up North, Kelsey Hubble.
2: Hello. Thanks Hi, for having Kelsey. me. Hello.
0: Thanks for being on. Thanks. Um, okay, so I just had a really terrible experience, uh, minutes, literally about a half an hour ago, uh, little place in Madison Heights. I've been to a few times. This is a um, right? It's a restaurant. It's a restaurant. Um, it, it, it's Thang Long. I'll name it. It's, it's fine. Um, so here's, here's <laughs> did, what happened. Did you see Thang Long? Thang Long. Okay. That's what it's called. Checking. Right. Um, Thang. Yeah. I've been there a, a few times. This isn't like this, this kind of consistent over the, the course of my experiences there. So, um. Sit down, uh, and before anyone even attempts to ask for an order, it's always 15 minutes. Mm. So it's like a little excessive. You know, water's brought to you about 10 minutes. Ten, five, 10 minutes after that, you get your order taken. I was very specific with my order. or fried garlic shrimp, extra, not extra hot, but spicy. I said hot. Food is brought out to me as salty as hell, not a lick of spice in it, not, none at all. So I was like, very annoyed. I get very upset. Okay, when when, st- when shit like this happens, I, I uh
1: it's very hard to dine with Joe. I feel like Joe I, I, analyzes any server, any restaurant. That's There's why no he enjoyment. He just takes his son. Yes. <laughs> it, it, it's 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 difficult for me to dine with myself
0: sometimes because I, <laughs> I I. uh I just I've stopped get doing really, it. really pissed off. Yeah, and, I, I um, ignore all of your. Invoice. Oh, that's that's why you. <laughs> yeah, ignore That's me. why I don't do it anymore. I can't. <laughs> oh, shit. Okay. Well, so I, I take a couple bites and I'm just like, you know what? I don't have time for this. So I, I I got up. Uh, you dine and dashed. I well, I didn't dine and dash. <laughs> there are other people at the table. I, was like, I apologize. I have to go. I have you know a very important podcast to record.
1: Oh, was this like just
0: seconds ago? Yeah, I mean like at 6:30. Okay, moments. I went home. Yeah, hmm. and so. Uh the bill Bill comes and um, you know, and the shrimp is still on the bill. And so Megan has to uh confront the waitress mm-hmm. and the waitress fought her on it.
1: Really? Physical. Like, like, wow. Not
0: not, not, <laughs> not physically, but you know, and she said I offered to make him something else and it's like, but you didn't make him something else. Right. And that's not what
1: Okay. Yep. I I I, I see it.
0: So, so this this kind of like, uh, you know, uh, she she kind of re re, uh, went over with Megan what happened. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, he he ordered this, um, which what I ordered wasn't was brought out to me, and then she said, you know, I offered to make him something else, which is all good and fine if I have time for that. I have time for that shit.
1: I get it. So you were you you left not necessarily because you were upset, even though you were. You had to get to an important podcast, hence you were on. No, but I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, you're on a timetable. You're like, hey, I need to eat this. It's not right. I can't stick around. Peace. Right. Okay. And that wasn't like you know.
0: Do you know who I am? I record a podcast. <laughs> it Wasn't like what I said. The dozens but- of people listen <laughs> to me. <laughs> That's not what happened. Right. It was just like I. I was, and I was like, I have to go. I have to get out of here. I'm gonna, you know.
1: I feel like we need Joe's rules of dining. Like we should oh, start working on those. Like, let's five get a top rules. ten. No. Yeah. Let's get a rule. Let's get like rule number. What, a what's rule what's a rule? Yeah. We'll do like a rule a week. Rule number okay. one. We
0: can make it happen. Okay. Yeah. Spide don't charge. F- rule oh, number go. one is don't charge people for something that's sent back.
1: Perfect. All right. Well, that's rule number one. <laughs> I'm going to write it down. <laughs> I,
0: I mean, you you can't. It's happened to me multiple times in this area. Uh, this now. is like a
1: cardinal sin almost. Not necessarily a rule. Yeah.
0: I mean, if you eat half the dish, it, that, that that's a problem. Unless, unless something like a... Like a fingernail or like a hair is in the dish. I mean, you know, that's number some, two. That's number two, right?
1: <laughs> number two is don't leave your fingernails in other people's food.
2: Uh,
1: all right. So, okay. I, I'm so, writing this down. Why don't you introduce our talk to our guest while so I write this.
0: Kelsey, I, I, I want to segue into because um, you're a bartender. Yes. At at places that, um, and I, I'll try to be as aren't known for customer service. Right. Right.
2: So That's why I work there. <laughs>
1: Is it because you work there? (laughs) Oh, it might
2: go both ways. Honestly, who knows?
0: Well, so I feel like this this path of like so there's customer service at restaurants, but there's also the service the customer provides the bartender or the server, right? So the customer has there's like a unspoken kind of agreement that happens. So if I'm being less than civil, Mm -hmm. you can be a dick dick, to me, yes, right? And so gladly. Right. And I feel like, you know, at a, at a place like Thang Long, which, you know, like a, they don't serve alcohol there. Like the, the the chances of me being belligerent are minimal. and I wasn't be belligerent in any way anyway. But in your case, at, at the places you bartend, you bartend at Pop, which is above Checker Bar. You mm-hmm. bartend at uh, the Majestic Complex, mm-hmm. like Magic Stick, Majestic yeah. and um, Garden Bowl. Garden Bowl. Um, I feel like the opportunities for people to get really drunk are, are plentiful.
2: Yes. How sure. do you how yes. do you handle
0: like how do you walk that line between like being really friendly and be, do you just read the customer?
1: Yeah, like so when they're – you obviously you've cut off people before, right? Yes. Do you remember your first cut off?
2: Ooh, remember it? Um, eh, well, It wasn't been, a big deal. Yeah. Okay. No, honestly, I mean usually there's like a specific reason, so it's you know I it's don't know justified. It's good. Also, yep. I've been at the majestic for seven years, so. Wow. It all kind of blurs together.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, so how do you? How is there? Is there signs? Is there? You know. So I've I've gone through tips training. I've I've done that. I mean, what do you? What are you looking for with someone who's just? Well, we're in a different party?
2: environment, so it's like I don't know how much you've had to drink because mm-hmm. I'm in a venue yep. with 1,100 people, and there are seven bartenders, eight bartenders, nine, ten, if you include the garden bowl, that you could have Bought things from, so it's a lot harder for me to. It's one thing if you've been sitting at my bar and like I'm like, all right, dude, you should probably not order that (laughs) eleventh shot, (laughs) you know, like all right, you're done. But when you've been all over the building, I mean, it's kind of hard. And I do feel um, like the places that I work, we've they kind of let us use our own judgment Mm -hmm. and. We're in control of our clientele and things like that. There's a lot of independence. Um, They don't want
1: to be sued either.
2: Right. Exactly. So, I mean, I'm not trying to get myself in trouble. I also don't want anyone else to get in trouble because of me. But – so I'd rather cut you off before, Mm -hmm. you know, like not.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Does uh, ownership and management always back you up on that decision?
1: Well, you don't have to
2: answer if you don't want to. Um, for the most part, yeah. I, I mean, I can't personally think of any time where I'm they just haven't. Talking about personal, yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Where they haven't like had my back. It's usually up to our own judgment, and mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they trust us to right. maintain control of our bar, and yeah, I mean, it's more likely than not the customer that's getting out of control then. <laughs> right. <laughs> so. Right.
0: Oh yeah, I didn't. I did, yeah. I, I did the personal vendettas aside yes. someone's like i don't like you just leave <laughs> that's a different situation <laughs> and you can do that well, too yeah. i mean <laughs>
1: that's what
0: happens when joe dines i know we don't want you here anymore <laughs> pretty soon it's gonna be a photo in certain restaurants like banned for life Yep, i know that should
1: well no that shouldn't no. be a goal but it's it's amusing to think about <laughs>
0: um okay so seven years at the at the Mid-Excess complex mm-hmm. uh you uh Let's let's go through some background. So you uh born so in, I Detroit? Grew up in Detroit okay.
2: on the east side. Uh-huh. Um went to Catholic school, ended up at Wayne State. Uh went to college for urban studies. Okay. Um in college I got a job. I mean I've worked at a couple of different places, but Majestic was one of the places and I started working there in Maybe it's been eight years. <laughs> 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 Shit. <laughs> I think it was 2010 or 2011. And and I, I've i done it all there. I, when the cafe was still open, I was waiting tables. And then I managed for a while. And then I was like, nah, I don't want to manage this place. <laughs> I'm just going to bartend. Uh, and I've come and gone. It's almost sort of like a second home or mm-hmm. more like a first home. I've had a longer relationship with that place that any of my homes or boyfriends or <laughs> most friends. Uh, so, yeah, it's always just kind of been a home base. And there's definitely, like, the family vibe there that people stay there for a long time. It's a fun place to work. You make a lot of money. And and it's a little piece of Detroit history that's mm-hmm. always – I mean, you get to watch concert, concerts and hang out with your friends and and really, like, experience some – Pretty cool shows. And, like that. and
0: that's the oldest operating
2: bowling alley, bowling alley
0: in, in the U.S., right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, about 100?
2: 104 years wow. old, something like that. Yeah.
1: That's incredible. Not to mention, I mean, that venue is so unique because it just gets a very wide variety of acts.
2: My greatest regret of working there for this long uh, is just not being better at documenting like mm. what I've seen, who I've seen. The people, every single day, there's an entire different group yeah. of people, which is very interesting from just like a sociological perspective of how the music that you dictate or the music that you listen to dictates what you wear, what you mm. drink, who you hang out with, how like how you act. How I, you act. Yeah. I mean, after this long, we're like, all right, who's the band? Okay, we should stock up on Bud Lights, Captain Morgan. Like, we know what they're going to drink. We know what they're going to wear. We know what their names are going to be. Like, it's kind of crazy.
1: Their names.
2: Right. Like, I've never seen so many Dales in one crowd. Like, you know. Is that because the name tags on their overalls? I get to see their credit cards. Oh, okay, yeah, right.
0: Okay, so uh, I'm going to shift here because I'm kind of surprised at how much I'm liking this. It's uh, on me. Yeah. So th- this is. Uh, Tastes so, better
2: than it smells. Yeah.
0: <laughs> we. So I, Kelsey, you know, sometimes we ask like what, what our guest likes to drink. She said bourbon. And I said, Nick, can you bring a bottle of bourbon?
1: We haven't got there yet, but we did bring <laughs> no. bourbons. Yeah. yeah. There's
0: bourbons here, but yeah. you brought four bottles instead mm-hmm. of just one bourbon, which would have been sufficient. But, you know, you overachieve.
1: It's great. Well, we've got 40 that. minutes to finish yeah, them right. off, So <laughs> To finish them. <laughs> um, I try to get more information from you, and you just go bourbon and red wine. <laughs> and that's just like saying, You bring oh. red
2: wine, though. <laughs> yeah, I don't see any red wine around here. What the hell?
0: Um, so this first one, we're, we started off with this. Uh, is it guar? Guar? Ooh. Guar? Ooh. Guar? You know that? guar? Gar? Not guar. I want to say gar. Gar spice. I apologize to, to, the, uh, to the brand if that's incorrect. But um, this is a... Uh, the essence of Indian heritage exotic aromas and spices uh blended with whiskey and I honestly thought it was going to be
1: bad. We're, ske- we're skeptical yeah yeah um this launched but- in Michigan uh late last year and I got a bottle from uh Jonathan the uh the uh ambassador and uh it, it's it's definitely interesting you know it's um it's it is sweetened there's some good spice on it um it, it doesn't taste um like fake, which i like it doesn't taste like that antiseptic-y fake
0: and that that was gonna be my that was my concern yeah, yeah. um but it it has that indian the kind of warmth of an indian uh you know curry or something like that that uh garam, garam masala
1: right yeah what's a professional's opinion Wow
2: <laughs> <laughs> you get paid to do this <laughs> do i though uh no, I think it's delicious. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's definitely tastes better than it smells.
1: It's like a classy fireball without the heat. That's what I was gonna yeah. say.
2: Yeah. Classy fireball.
1: There you go. it just be another brand. Exactly. Another fireball. Buffalo Trace brand. <laughs> classy fireball. <laughs>
0: okay, so Kelsey, you okay, so you've been bartending for years, um, which you continue to do, but you're you are very active in the community, in the Detroit community. Um, uh, just going through your doing some research. Um, you were a neighborhood ambassador for Mogo Bike Share. Um, you uh, you won Challenge Detroit?
2: No. So, Challenge Detroit is a fellowship program. Okay. So, I was a fellow. There's like 30 each year that are selected. and So, you won. Yeah. Nah, I guess. You're a winner. Mm-hmm. Sure.
0: <laughs> and then you were also an emerging leader at the Mackinac Pol- Policy Conference? Yep. Um, this is all really impressive.
2: Which is an interesting week, if you want to hear that story. Yes, <laughs> of course. We. I
1: mean, well, because we might be invited to it. So, because Dave, Jessica, correct us if I'm wrong. He's working on a, a a concept there, like a party. Where? At the is it? Wait, it's the Mackinac Policy Concept? Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yep, absolutely. So, and I
1: think we were going to get tapped to run some of the boozy events at that.
2: Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so. that's a definite plan.
1: Okay, so we can relate to you in like. Whatever months when we actually do it.
2: Yeah. So.
0: It's a policy conference. No one drinks there, right?
1: <laughs> I bet the reporters do. Everyone <laughs> drinks there.
2: So, well, my, so it's like the week after Memorial Day. And as a bartender, I was bartending the Majestic and at Marble Bar for like the full duration of Movement Weekend, you know, like after parties, <laughs> early morning parties. You know, basically for you forty-eight sleep. hours plus, I was doing that. Mm-hmm.
1: But you had a bag of money at the end of it, and
2: that—well, yes, <laughs> yeah. of course. And then Monday, so Monday I had my last shift, and then Tuesday morning, oh no, I had to go up to drive up to Mackinac. Oh <laughs> no, for four more days oh. of excessive drinking and, <laughs> but in conversation, but a whole other type yeah, of less close drinking and. Yeah. Conversation. Yeah. So yeah, it definitely was a. I mean, it was an amazing week. I think, i I think that's the highlight of my year. And just the experience of doing Mackinac and having the exposure and having just some really interesting. I mean, I think I was the youngest person on the island. That, so hold on, let me explore this
1: because I think this is super uh, neat. As a bartender, I feel like drinking together does kind <clears> of <throat> disarm you, and I'll you know anyone that drinks yes. can do it on the same level as everyone else. So, to go from one event that is such a different crowd to a like the polar opposite of that. Literally. You're, I mean, you're seeing like. Similar behaviors, I'm sure. Like people are being friendly and they're chatty and they're drinking and they're doing all the stuff. They're just wearing suits, right? They're just wearing suits as opposed to you know spandex or whatever. And they're whatever. talking yeah. about
2: big money. <laughs> yeah, <right>. Spandex. <laughs>
1: I don't know what EM kids. EM. Yeah, like furry EDM. boots. EDM. And- EDM.
2: <laughs> <laughs> EM kids. <I> like EMT. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm more of the Mackinac policy kind of guy. So,
2: <laughs> yeah, no Mack Mackinac is amazing. Mm. It's a great opportunity. Um, But yeah, it's it's interesting. And I've definitely I was lucky enough to go up there as a future leader. I had um like a cohort of Apostle. fellows that, yeah. you know, I could because it's intimidating. Mm-hmm. You're like, oh, there's the mayor. Oh, there's
1: the governor. The
2: governor. Yeah. Oh, there's uh the CEO of this huge company. And who am I? I have a full sleeve of tattoos and everyone's like, who the hell invited her? So, you know, She's I mean those EMT girls. <laughs> nobody forgot me, that's for sure. So
1: were they all drunk though?
2: The entire time, basically.
1: <laughs> I cannot I could not imagine going to a work event being drunk.
2: They call it uh CEO spring break.
0: Stop it. They don't call yes, it. Yes, they do.
2: They are all on an island. I mean, picture this. You have all of like the richest, most powerful people in Michigan on an island for a weekend with an open bar.
1: So what are you serving? All right. So what do what do the, the CEO spring breakers drink? Is it normal stuff? I mean, is yeah, it just like I Jack? I mean,
2: you know, beer and wine. But then they have specific events. So okay. like they do this huge bourbon thing on the lawn the last night. That's I think what we're doing. It's it? really I cool. I like that's what it's we're in fun. charge of. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You guys will like that. It's fun. okay. Um, But that's all like, I think they call it like the bourbon ball or something. And there's a bourbon sponsor and, you know, the whole nine yards. But But, is it
1: like, so like, hey, here's a $200 bottle of bourbon or is it just kind of That's only for like
2: the private little like parties. I don't know. There are so many parties. Like fucked up. (laughs) And then these people get up in the morning at like seven and go back to like. Eight hours of meetings and, and these aren't networking. young dudes.
1: These aren't young dudes. No, these are probably middle aged plus old white men.
2: Uh, like I said, <laughs> yeah. I'm 29 years old, and I think I was the youngest person on the island.
1: <laughs> I say that, and is, I yeah. was
2: like, I was hurting.
1: <laughs> well, you're on day five. Yeah,
2: I'm pretty sure they were all on day five in their own way. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do a
0: terrible segue, right? So. You, made, Mac, it you Mac, made it worse. You made it worse by saying that. I know, yeah. but I'm going to warn you that this is happening because I'm good at terrible segues. <laughs> Mackinac's up north. Let's talk about Detroit up north.
2: Okay, yeah. right. that wasn't terrible. That's that not was a good. terrible uh, segue. Right?
0: I mean, it was <laughs> kind of. It was you got p- a thumbs up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so talk about it.
2: Yeah, Detroit up north. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. Detroit up north is an event that happens every year in mm-hmm. Port Austin, uh, which is at the tip point, of the Thun. Yep. I was going to say point oh, to the mitten. Right okay. Here. Yep. Yep. Um and basically, it's been growing ever since. At the beginning, it just started as.
0: What was the beginning? Like when did it start?
2: The beginning was 2012. Okay, I, I think yeah. 2012 was the first year, and, and this actually is an annual. Yes. Okay. So actually, Jim Boyle and Brian Boyle, who are brothers, they started the event because they grew up in Port Austin and it really was just they invited like 40 of their friends to come up to their hometown hot to death dj'd and like dave mancini you know roasted a lamb
0: D- dave mancini's from sopino yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah
2: so and i was up there with them cuz i used to nanny for jim's kids okay. <laughs> and uh the world gets a little small <laughs> and um so after year two or whatever i was starting to grow and build momentum and he was like whoa whoa whoa! i've got three kids at home and like i don't have time for this Mm -hmm. so he passed it on to me and me and a friend of mine Chaz parks i've kind of taken it over since then we built a relationship with a farm up there so we do this big event usually like 250 to 300 people uh come up from detroit we bring up Bands, DJs, chefs, uh, vendors, yoga instructors, all kinds of things. And then we collaborate with the community in Huron County and um, do a whole weekend of programming. And so up until this year, it was always just a one-time event. um, And we're sort of growing bigger than that. So we do a monthly Euchre night. At Brew Detroit, who's a great partner of ours. Uh, every They're in
0: Corktown, right? Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Every
2: first Thursday of the month, we do a Euchre event there. And we're also doing a ski trip March 2nd to 4th cool. at Boyne Highlands. So there's this amazing offer that they're giving us. So we're bringing up a band. We're bringing up Bondo Photo Booth Company, Jessica Myers thing. And um, uh, Detroit City Distillery has been a huge supporter of us, so... They'll come up and you know we'll do cocktails and things of that nature. Mike's the best, um, yeah, and then uh we're so we're doing that, and then we're doing a sort of an exchange, so we're bringing thirty or forty people down to Detroit from Huron county, <laughs> and we'll do like basically, I'll curate a weekend for them so and they're really interested because that whole area is sort of trying to build their. Their tourism, you know, they're no Traverse City or anything yeah. like that. And, I mean, it's perfect for us because I just shoot up Van Dyke literally all the way until it ends. And you're there and everything's still super affordable. The people are super nice. You're right on the water. But they're trying to, like, extend their tourism season and get younger people up and exploring the town. So we help to, we help them and they help us. And they're also working on some like co-working spaces and some technology yeah. around like agriculture and things of that nature. So I think it'll be an awesome exchange to bring them down here and, you know, show them pony ride and do some creative yeah. collaborative events.
0: So, Fun. Yeah. so you, you've been involved pretty much since the beginning with this. Was there a tipping point where Huron County was like, this, this is for real, right? So these guys have some power in terms and I don't mean power in the sense of like you know we're going to overtake your you know take you over but it's yeah. like buying power like we should seriously sit down with them and, and and work something out did that happen shortly thereafter like the beginning or was it like at what point it was what was the tipping point
2: well we didn't know what the hell we were doing so 5 years ago i was 23 24 and It was kind of just like a party, and honestly, so we were taking over this thing. We didn't know what we were doing, and this kid that I knew from high school messaged me on Facebook and was like, hey, I work for this farm. This guy just bought this farm, and he wants to, we're in Port Austin. We want to help you guys out if you need anything, and I was like, Okay, cool. So let's talk more. And
1: how is, how was he making that connection? Like
2: he just saw like me posting like, like an event or whatever. Okay. Like because we were just we didn't really have a home base. We were like we're just going to bring got a it. bunch of people got up there, there and okay. this is where you stay, and blah 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 blah. And so and he reached out, and so then we met this family, the Steigerwalds, who own Bird Creek Farms, mm-hmm. which we basically got in with them our first year, me and Chaz's first year, really working on this. And they were at the beginning of their journey as well. So they had this huge farm, but, like, everything was under construction. There was, like, dirt. And they are like, well, we have a stage. We have power. Wow. So you guys can, like, bring kegs and do whatever you want in, like, music. It's we like, a blank okay. canvas. That's great. And then every year since then, we've seen them grow. Now they have their own tap room and restaurant. And, like, we've grown just in... Mm-hmm being more organized and having more people involved. Um, So that was kind of like, that was definitely important and has been made the whole process a little easier and a little, you know, definitely bridged the gap between Mm -hmm. here and there. Um, But yeah, this past year, the most, we had the best, I don't know, we had a great experience. We worked with a, we sort of extended outside of Port Austin and so we worked with a farm in Harbor Beach and we had Les from uh, Green Dot and Huron Room, oh, yeah. Johnny. Yeah. Um, so Les worked with this dairy farmer in Harbor Beach and they created a menu together of using only things from that farm and then we popped up a big tent and we bust a bunch of people there. And we did this outdoor meal, like chickens running around, like tractor rides around the, mm-hmm. they have 1,800 cows on this farm. Like it was incredible. And when we went up to talk to them about this, the farmer's like, are you like, are people really going to give a fuck? And I was like, no, I was like, they've never seen this shit. Yeah. Like yeah. they're, and everyone's like, what? And so it super fun. And that was kind of like there, the Huron County commissioner came and he was like, let's do this. Like, I want to bring people to Detroit. I want you guys to keep coming up here. Like there's no reason why these two mm-hmm. communities can't learn from each other. And I think that's sort of where my perspective changed. And I started thinking more about how across the state we have all of these industries. And in Detroit, we're kind of, we're in a bubble. Like there's a lot happening here. Right. We're all very focused on like what's new in Detroit, but like, how can we learn from people that are already mm-hmm. You know, near enough, and also just—I mean, from a political from a political perspective, like it's important to bridge those gaps, open those conversations. I think, you know, I mean, Michigan went red. Like, (laughs) y'all, we (laughs) need to get it together. (laughs) Like, you know, and I mean, that only happens if we break down that barrier of Mm -hmm. like this is Detroit and this is the rest of Michigan.
0: Right. And and so, how far is Port Austin from? Here. Two
2: two and a half hours. So
0: yeah, it's essentially super like super easy.
2: Not even yeah. Grand
1: Rapids. I mean, and it's cheap.
2: Yeah. Like, I want my friends to buy houses up there, like not to live, but <laughs> yeah, for like vacation. You know, like I mean, I don't want them to go there, but <laughs> like I don't like you that much, <laughs> But like, there's you know, there's property up there. There's it's just fun. It's nice. It's beautiful. There's. A ton of I mean, they're really focusing on this agriculture, uh like technology and there's a lot of public art going in there. They have that, you know, the hygienic the hygienic dress league did that huge mural on the mm-hmm. side of one of the barns. Like there's some cool momentum that's really grassroots that I think is, you know, Detroit can tap into and vice versa. That's cool.
0: Are are you at all surprised at the success of Detroit up north?
2: I mean, it's really fun. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm not shocked that people have a great time, but I still am shocked when I like look at ticket sales and stuff and I'm like, who the hell are these people? Like, my own friends haven't bought tickets. Like, what the hell is this (laughs) random lady from like Port Hope buying tickets to my event? Like, that's cool. So I am just surprised just how like, You know, how word travels and how people like Mm -hmm. get excited without, you know, I mean, I think name recognition and supporting your friends stuff is like cool. But at the end of the day, it's like, who doesn't know me and still wants to come?
1: (laughs) And I think as soon as you start impacting people outside of your circle, that's when you're just like, oh, I'm doing something different. I'm doing something that's hitting people because it's one thing to be like, Joe, I'm doing this thing. Come to it. And just like, Ugh. It's
2: like I really feel obligated. Does the food can be spicy. I can't even get
1: you to
0: go out to eat with me. I'm gonna stop going to the, your shit too. Okay. <laughs> I went to your Burns night. Could barely get in. <laughs> it's true. Thank you for that. Um. So, it, have you guys reached the kind of upper echelon of like the number of people you can bring to Detroit up north, or is there is there, there is no, no limit? There's lots okay. of north, and yeah. that's what I was gonna ask. So, in terms of tourism, if you brought a thousand people. They'd be able to handle that?
2: Well, no. Eh. <laughs> Probably not. Oh, okay. I mean, so for this, uh, we're doing this thing at Boyne Highlands. Yep. March 2nd to 4th. So there's a cap on that. I mean, and we're almost there. So if you haven't bought your ticket, <laughs> get one. And how do people buy tickets? <laughs> you just Call? Call? <laughs> Yeah, you just call and mention us, and then you book your ticket.
1: Oh, my God, millennials, settle down. You have to make a know, phone right? call? You have to I, talk to somebody? You have to
2: literally talk to somebody. Oh, someone. shit. What well, is it's that? an 800 number, so maybe you don't have to call <laughs> Every time I
1: call Joe, you're always like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Couldn't you have
2: texted me? So, as soon as someone calls me, I just go, silence. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so a quick aside.
0: Yesterday, I, I took a phone call, and this, this guy was obviously a call center in India, and he had a, he had a very thick accent. And, I, and he said his name was Kevin. And I said, you, I laughed. I said, your name isn't Kevin. And he said in his very, he's like, I'm, sir, I'm. my name is Kevin. I'm like, Lying. tell me what your real name is and we can have a discussion. <laughs> and he, he, he was just thrown way off guard. And I was like, your name's not Kevin, man. <laughs> Don't shake your head at me. I'm just shaking my na- head. His name wasn't Kevin. Right? What's the phone number? <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, okay. come on come on man <laughs> well you can also visit our website detroitupnorth.com which is easy. oh the tickets are there well no then you have to call that's, that. that's the link to
1: the phone number Damn,
2: I guess I can give people. you the home, the phone number right now but who's really going to write it down
0: <laughs> detroitupnorth.com well I mean you want go to, to tra- detroitupnorth.com yeah, you, want to you can follow anyway. us on
2: Instagram you can follow us on Facebook perfect see this is going to happen at the end of the Uchre. show It's going to get. She, she's good double exposure
0: yeah
1: but pe- here's the thing though like people are ready i I can see people picking up their phones all
2: right 1-800-462-6963
1: <laughs> here we go okay so tickets are sold out done <laughs> all of a sudden your phone starts ringing <laughs>
0: um all right so uh let's talk about roots to rise which is so Your?
2: yeah, so Roots Rise is the name of my consulting company. Um I didn't want to make it like Kelsey Hubble. Oh, <laughs> see. That's so weird. I don't know. Um and yeah, so the whole I mean the idea of the name just came through the fact that I have so in addition to bartending at dive bars for the last 10 years of my life, um I've also been working for nonprofits. So um after stepping away from my fellowship with Challenge Detroit and Slow Roll Detroit, um I decided to just go off on my own, do my own thing. And so I took the Build Institute class and, you know, wrote up my business plan. And Explain what that is. Build Institute mm-hmm. is an organization that um, they it's they provide training and uh French Yeah. Okay. And resources and things like that. So cool. I took the course; it's an eight-week class, um, and it just like a deep dive into building your own business, mm-hmm. answering all the questions, it's super specific to Detroit. So, if you're a Detroit entrepreneur, you get a lot of like mm. great connections and, yeah. and like funding options and things like that. Um, and so, yeah, I just decided to kind of venture off on my own. Um, and so, I'm doing consulting for nonprofits and also. Uh, businesses and corporations with a the central idea of social impact. I think corporate social responsibility is really important. And I think we're seeing more and more of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we talk about millennials, and millennials are 67% more likely to buy from a organization mm-hmm. or a company that's thinking about other people. Yeah. So, um, but I also feel like with so many new businesses and uh, companies and money coming to Detroit, they don't really know where to go yep. or where to start. I think people want to do good, but they don't know how to like mm-hmm. find the right organization. So many of these organizations are underfunded, understaffed, that even if they want to connect with this company, they don't have the time or the money to do it. Well, I think just having that,
1: that resource of where to find things mm-hmm. um, and you making those connections is a big deal, because if someone's like, "Listen, I have money to help, but I don't know where to yeah. start." there you go.
2: So basically just want to be like a matchmaker oh. between mm-hmm.
1: you know money uh, and people that want money
2: money and people that need money
1: so, Better.
0: <laughs> okay, so my my question then is these places that are that you're working with that are already strapped for cash how how do they hire you?
2: Well, I don't think my organizations are strapped for cash, but oh. I mean, but they're looking for better connections. I don't know. I mean, so Downtown Boxing Gym is one of mm-hmm. my organizations that I work with, and they're doing an amazing job with fundraising. Like Carolyn Geck, shout out. She's the development director over there. She's killing it. But I mean, it's an organization with eight hundred kids on the waiting list for this after-school program. And let's
0: talk about Detroit. let's talk about this. I know nothing yeah. about them.
2: Downtown Youth Box or Downtown Boxing Gym is a youth program Monday through Friday from three thirty to seven. They have one hundred and fifty plus kids. Um, they provide transportation to and from over sixty schools. They bring them to the gym every day, and then boxing is the hook. Like. They get them in the door, but and there's a huge boxing ring or boxing rings and a gym, and, you know, people train there, and the kids have all kinds of resources and things to do there. But the focus is academics, and it's books before boxing. There's a music studio. There's a computer lab. There's homework help, tutoring. They have to bring in their homework. They also provide food. And like a snack and a meal for them every day, transportation to and from. That's the only organization that's doing that. I mean, working for nonprofits, transportation is the biggest issue. And the fact that they're able to provide that Mm -hmm. is amazing. But that's so costly. And so, you know, and they're forever trying to like get more kids in the program and expand their space. And with a staff of six, they just don't have the ability. six full-time employees
1: compared to how many students
2: 150 with an 800 student waiting list Stop it! and so that is you know in and of itself, and plenty of volunteers that are wonderful and are there mm-hmm. to like actually facilitate during this programming but um yeah i mean the money's never enough so like yeah. they always are looking for more and carolyn's the development director and she's up here like doing high level stuff you know she's and so I kind of fill in as this like middle man that's grabbing that low hanging fruit and also tapping into other opportunities of, you know, donors or third party fundraisers. And that's where I really think this whole my, I mean, people say like, do what you know, you know, and what I know is bartending, what I know is like people, what I know is going out and like getting people involved. Mm-hmm. And I think, the whole service industry as a whole is sort of this untapped market for um, a community engagement and, like, donor place that is not being touched. I, I feel like uh, – I to, mean, to touch maybe in a little bit, mm-hmm. but I think there's a lot more that we can do. Well,
0: And I think the service industry in general, because if, if you love being in the service <clears throat> industry, if you're passionate about it, like – you're you're used to giving back.
1: Right. You're, you're and, not shy. You're halfway there when it comes to helping people and you know encouraging things. And, and, yeah,
0: yeah. And so th- these kind of uh, initiatives to kind of help others, especially those in need, is like you know I feel like the service industry is usually the first first to jump in. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I mean, I know at at at, at we're very quick to say to anybody who comes to us like we will provide food for whoever. Mm-hmm. If you want food, we're, we're here for you, and. Um, without without any type of prejudice on any type of anything it's like right we we want to feed
1: you unless it's during christmas then <laughs>
0: wait in line well i mean you know yeah max <laughs> capacity at some point but there 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 are moments where it's just like if you're hungry let let us feed you right and if you if you you know we might not be able to give you money but you know there's that and right so but you can
2: fill in in these other right capacities and,
0: and so like you know with 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 the boxing and like the, the the ability to feed these kids who um, may, may or may not have a. Are you saying there's meat
1: pies in the future of these kids?
0: <laughs> yeah, if they want them, yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, you know, the service industry is like you're 100 percent right. Well, and I always say,
2: I'm like, we have more disposable income than all y'all. Like, (laughs) you know, I mean, I walk out of work with four hundred dollars. Like, if you asked me to donate to a kids program right then and there, I'd be like, here, (laughs) no, take it all. Like, Like, right, like, go for it. Discounts (laughs) at like
1: two a.m. It's like
2: right, and I, I mean, obviously that's not realistic, but I and I feel the same way. So the other organization that I'm working with right now is Citizen Detroit, which is all about getting people more involved from a political perspective. And one of my focuses is millennial engagement. And it's like, well, what fundraiser or community organization meeting or whatever, they're all at 530 or 6 p.m. And like, although obviously it's catering to a lot of people, there's this whole group that's not being even thought about because they're always working at that time. And not that we all need to flip our schedule, but that we can also tap into them in other ways. And Joe
1: and I you know. went to a political event last week. Oh yeah, we I went to Jim we were, Ellison's uh, a birthday party. Yeah, yeah birthday party, at and at we were the youngest.
0: the youngest. Yeah, we were definitely yeah, by a good ten years. <laughs> well, <laughs> nice. aside from the, aside from people working there.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah like they, so. They were, yeah, guests that were there. Yeah, um, and that was interesting because when you kind of think of politics, you're just like, oh yeah, there's but, not a lot of young people engaging. Oh yeah, but but also there's not a lot of young people running. Right, so, I know. So, so the
0: the flip side to 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 the the quandary that you're there's a couple, right? So election days are on Tuesdays. People work on Tuesdays. That that's set up in a way that like, if well, you're our employer, country
2: is just trying to you know, they're like. And yeah.
0: we don't we we haven't really got political here, but, but like they're, they're, we keep it neutral. We sorry, keep neutral. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. And this is and, and here I'm not I trying, am. Don't be sorry. This, this and, helps both sides. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And so the issue is like if people want to vote mm-hmm. on election day, like right. I used to work for um, for Macomb County years ago, and we had election day off, right? And, and so and that was a union thing. That was like our union said like everyone needs to vote. Every everyone though, not just people that work for a union everyone needs to vote if they have the ability to. So I think anyone... that's
1: part of it, though. I think it's also early voting. It's making absentee easier. Right. Because even if you do, like, even for certain holidays, everyone doesn't have the holiday off. <laughs> right. Like, right. People work Christmas. People work Absolutely. all those holidays, too. Yeah. So I think we, we could make that stuff well, easier. Well,
2: it's just informing and educating people about how to vote if you sure. can't make it there. Yep, 100%. It's not yeah. that hard. Mm-hmm. Also, in, you know, I mean, not to deep dive into all that, but, like, whether you vote or not, whatever, but like you read enough like rants on Facebook where I'm like, you can go to a political meeting or you can like go to, you can, na- you can volunteer in your neighborhood mm-hmm. or, you know, all these things.
1: Someone shares your opinion out there. You can find yeah. a little group and you can, you
2: know, right help. But how can we do it like effectively? Yeah. And how can we do it to include people? But I also think about, so on Sunday nights, I work with Derek Dykes, who runs Community Push which is another nonprofit in the city. And uh, him and I have been working Sunday nights together at the Garden Bowl for almost two years. And we do a $5,000 Sunday night every Sunday. And people come in just to see us, just to talk to us. It becomes like an office hours of sorts where, you know, people are talking to us about skateboarding and they're talking to us about, you know, Detroit up north, and I'm passing out flyers, and he's like trying to sell t shirts, and like it's basically like our hustle within our hustle. (laughs) And so, I think a lot about this just like social platform that bartenders have. Like, I see 500 people every Sunday night, and most of them live in the neighborhood. If you're hanging out on a Sunday, you know, you go to Wayne State, or you're in the service industry, or you really like bowling or karaoke? And, you know, so I get to share information with 500 people every night. And so how, what information am I sharing? And I think that's sort of this interesting idea of, like, how can we almost be ambassadors for whatever we're interested in or whatever we care about?
0: I feel like there's this, uh, from... <clears throat> Owners and I and I think it's it's a it's an, a a uh, uh, a great kind of compliment to the Zaynes that, that own the, the majestic that they probably stay out of whatever you guys talk about um, the, the uh, that a lot of business owners are like you can't talk about certain things a- and even if your customer tries I to engage asked. you <laughs> right well right <laughs> but but like even if and
2: right th- yeah. th-
0: there's you have an opinion. Mm-hmm. You, you you're a human being. You have opinions about things, um, and th- whatever you're passionate for it can't hurt anything outside of like, you can only hurt yourself, right? Like it, you can't hurt the business. You can't. You're not going to say like, oh, you know the 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 magic stick believes. It's like no. You're talking right. to me one on one. Yeah. And this is what I want to engage with you on. Um, if people come to you on Sunday nights to talk to you. They want your honest opinion, not some like watered down bullshit right. that you're, you know. Uh, so, I-, I feel like people appreciate that.
2: I I think so. <laughs> yeah, they still they're still coming. <laughs> <laughs> and-,
0: and so, like with that, like w- with this, w- with Roots to Rise, like w- what is your kind of vision for the next couple years? Where do, do you want to be more involved with everything that you're involved with? once wants- you want to touch the community in a particular way, right?
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would like to, I don't know exactly where I'll be, but I'd like to um, continue to work with businesses and companies that want to do better for the community. I think there's an opportunity for every company or to do something. And I also am interested in just you know, tapping into like from a community engagement perspective, how do we get people talking about the right stuff, and you know, get off your cell phone at the bar and actually like think about something that's happening in your community?
0: And I feel like with, with the kind of public transit like terribleness that, is, <laughs> that happens in Detroit, like you, you you are with Mogo uh, as a you know brand. New yeah, I mean, I'm mean, a
2: huge cycling. You know ambassador and
0: and so mo Mogo is like this daily cycle share type of thing there's like mm-hmm. i read like 43 stations across the city with like yep. f- almost 500 bikes mm-hmm. um and, and that helps with with the kind of dearth of public transportation that we have here right like if that, like, is that yeah to trying- a
2: certain extent i mean our transportation system isn't uh nearly where it should be but um I mean, I, I think the, the MOGO bike station, they've done an amazing job of just of being accessible to everyone, which is important because, you know, I mean, Detroit is becoming more and more segregated as we develop. And I think that the MOGO Detroit organization just did an amazing job of creating access for everyone. There's a $5 access pass for anyone that receives government benefits. And, and yeah, it's a healthy and cheap way to get around the city. And it's, it's faster than a car and it's way faster than the queue line.
0: <laughs>
1: I, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna
2: ask that about the queue line. And I've started, never been it. on the queue line.
0: <laughs> Neither have I. I yeah. wrote it day
2: one. You wrote it's it day like, one. like, what's the yeah. point? I don't know. There's not, well, anyway. <laughs> Sorry. It's tried. Oh, we're not Q-line getting political. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. So, Kelsey, let's, uh, let's go through, uh, where people can find you. So, Detroitupnorth.com. Yes. Uh, RootsToRise.com
2: is in in. Uh, it's under construction. Under construction. It'll mm-hmm. be it'll be up and running soon.
0: People can uh, you have office hours at the majestic <laughs> yes, on Sunday nights Bowl from Sunday from <laughs> six to nine. <laughs> uh,
2: and then my personal Instagram and Facebook is KelseyHub. Kelsey Hub,
0: Kelsey, thank you very much for being with us. It's been thank awesome. you for
2: inviting me.
1: Uh, Anything else, Nick? You're off next week. I'm you're, off you're next sticking week. sticking me uh, with the podcast. I am. Yeah. <laughs> you and Jason you will take over and talk about bourbon. <sighs> yeah, we're just know, beer, it's, gonna, bourbon it's gonna be such a struggle. <laughs> 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 well, yeah, because we have uh, the bourbon uh, bourbon guys. Yep, the Michigan Got bourbon, bourbon.
0: Michigan, Michigan bourbon club. Yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll all be wasted <laughs> <laughs> until next time, Dine. Well.